Welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week on a very special Valentine's Day episode, Alyssa Mastermonico joins me to cut out some paper hearts and break down the already broken news cycle. Then, Megan Gailey and new members of the Hysteria fam, Tian Tran and Dana Schwartz, join me to answer the question, how much trouble is sex worth? And finally, the hills we will die on. A quick note, this episode we talk explicitly about sex, dating, and pornography. So if you're sensitive to that sort of thing, you might want to skip ahead after the first ad break. If you're not, feel free to trudge ahead. We should probably get into the news because we chit chat Into the, de- the depressing news? Yeah. I'm sorry. Bummer. I'm it's sorry. Right. Well, people are going to be listening to this on Valentine's Day, and I thought a good way for us to get into the depressing news was to kind of... I wanted to ask you, how what, what religious tradition are you embracing this Valentine's Day? Are you celebrating Valentine's Day, or are you celebrating the uh, discount candy day on the 15th? So, honestly, I celebrate the... Um, construction paper, glue stick, and scissors holiday because I just love cutting things into the shape of hearts. (laughs) (laughs) I too love that. I love elementary school Valentine's Day. I love making boxes and those little tiny perforated things, you know, those that were like thicker than paper that you would get. They had like... Oh, like a doily. Well, you had those. No, we had like little Valentines that came in a box. That like were in on big sheets and you like you pulled them apart and you put them in. Oh, tiny yeah, of envelopes. course. They were like they were almost like cards, but like postage stamps. Right. Right. They were amazing. Yes. I want to like I want to start giving those out again because they were fun. Now, let's get into the heavy and not fun news that has been kind of swirling around us as we've all tried to carry on with our lives. First, let's talk about what's happening in Virginia, specifically what's happening with Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax. Uh, Fairfax has been accused of sexual assault by two women, one of whom he allegedly assaulted at the Democratic National Convention in 2004, the other of whom he allegedly sexually assaulted when they were students at Duke in the year 2000. So uh, he's facing some pressure to resign. Both of the women who uh, have made the accusations um, have had their accusations reported out by reputable news sources, and they, they both told people at the time that it happened or around the time that it happened, and they, to me read as credible accusations. Um, But Fairfax, despite the fact that he has these kind of credible sounding accusations against him and his continued presence as lieutenant governor is a bit of a distraction and a lot of people are calling for him to resign. He doesn't really have any friends, at least in public right now. He's not stepping down. Uh, Alyssa, what do you make of this? Girl, what can we possibly make of this? It's like shit soup. You know, like, first of all, I saw uh, Dr. Tyson, um, the accuser from the Democratic Convention, speak last night at Stanford. They had some sound bites of her. And, you know, she was just so, like, I don't even know the word. She just was so calmly speaking about sexual assault and violence. And I I was like, wow. And she wasn't even making it. Like, it wasn't even about herself. She was just talking about it. And I was like, fuck. Like... She's like between Dr. Tyson and Dr. Blasey Ford and Meredith Watson, the woman he allegedly assaulted at Duke. I mean, it just comes back to the same thing. Like, what do any of these women have to gain by coming forward? Right. I mean, there's so much more to lose. There is so much more. um Unwanted attention, I'd say. And yet here they are. And still. 
you know, he's, I think that he's learning and this is a, this goes back to everything you and I talked about with Kavanaugh. It's like, he just denied, denied, denied. And somehow he ended up on the Supreme court. Mm -hmm. And so whether a Democrat or a Republican, I feel like the lesson learned from that is like, just stay, stay the course and hopefully it'll all go away. Right. And he, I mean, he doesn't have any friends, no one's standing up for him and yet he remains and there's been no progress. He hasn't engaged or initiated an investigation. So I guess I just don't understand like how the fuck he's still there. But also, I guess if you just tie this up with the entire shit soup of the state of Virginia right now, sorry, everyone who lives there, but it's like he's being called on to resign, but his his governor is also just staying the course after having really horrible photos in his yearbook that he admitted to and then denied because maybe he too took a page out of the Kavanaugh playbook and is like, just deny and maybe everyone will forget and Trump will do something really crazy and people will think what I did wasn't that bad and I'll just get to stay. Right. I think that that is a very good description of the shit stew, uh, shit stew, shit soup situation. I made stew this week, so I've been thinking about stew, but either you know way, what? it's more of a stew than a soup right now. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I think that your point about staying the course and denying, denying, denying is really salient because I, I, I wrote about this this week uh, for uh, the Daily Beast, which is another place where I do some writing stuff. I wrote that, you know, it's sort of magical thinking for for Fairfax to think this is going to go away. But at the same time, it's like a magic trick that has worked a bunch for a bunch of guys. Right. Like in entertainment, in music, there are people that have just sort of kept on going and they always have a little asterisk among a certain crowd, but it hasn't ultimately affected them to the point that they're incapable of continuing to do what they do. And 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 the thing that I'm thinking about Fairfax is that is that Democrats though if they want to be the party that does not tolerate sexual assault, then they need to be the party that does not tolerate sexual assault. And but in this case, he's got to go. Can we go full circle, though, and say that if we're the party that doesn't t- tolerate sexual assault, that then the the Franken supporters really have to stop vilifying Kirsten Gillibrand for doing what we expect people to do, which is like eight credible accusations. Like, it's time to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's an interesting one, too, because, you know, you could argue that what Frank and I mean, this isn't this is another thing that always happens when we talk about this is that somebody is like, well, it's not like it was Harvey Weinstein. Well, yeah. Like yeah. there weren't 80 women who came out right. against him. 80, right. The defense, the defense is that it's not the very worst thing that he could have possibly done. It's like if I got pulled over for, for, for driving 100 miles an hour in a school zone and I said to the cop, well, it's not like I raped and murdered anybody. It's like, no, that's not that's not relevant. You know, I just because I didn't do the worst thing I possibly could have done. It doesn't mean what I did wasn't wrong. I use so many negatives in that sentence. But you know what I mean? Also, but also, don't you think, too, that in this day and age beyond, it's like if he remembers what happened and thinks that there is just a glimmer in like if he can go back and be like, shit, you know what? I think I might've really fucked up. Like, you know, I know more now than I did back then, even though I was like quite an adult at the 2004 convention, but you know, maybe there's, maybe there is at least he, if the the thing is, it's the deny, the deny that makes me want to toss them overboard. Mm -hmm. It's like, come out, apologize sincerely, admit to what you did, apologize to your accuser. And of course this is all alleged, but you know, 
face to face, like do something that shows you fucking know what you did was wrong. Right. You know, and that's, you I think, don't need 80 people to come forward. Right. Well, I think that's part of it. I think that there are men who have done things to women uh, that have negatively affected that those women's lives for every day going forward after the incident. And they don't register it as something that actually caused the harm that it caused because they need to right. think of themselves as a good guy. I think that that's what I mean. I, I felt like that's what Kavanaugh did for himself is that whatever happened, uh, he thinks he has has to think of himself as a good guy uh, because that's his whole adulthood identity, even though exactly. he might not have always been a good guy. I want to pivot to, to Kavanaugh, though, because we got oh, we got to see Kavanaugh in action. Uh, this past week when the Supreme Court uh, blocked a Louisiana law that would have required a doctor to have admitting privileges to a hospital within 30 miles of the facility where abortion is performed. Kavanaugh was not part of blocking that law. Kavanaugh wrote a real weird dissent on the blocking <laughs> of the law. Um, and, and Kavanaugh, you know, this is, I think, the second chance he's had to rule on reproductive rights. The first time he wasn't awful. That was back in December. This time right. he did exactly what Susan Collins insisted that he wouldn't. Girl, do. he's easing into awful and we will just spare everyone the Susan Collins mashup of how Roe is settled law and how she's going to vote for him. Yeah. But then, you know, we have Chief Justice Roberts uh, kind of switching teams and joining the liberal minority to uh, block this Louisiana law. And the, the Louisiana law is basically a law that's identical to a law that was struck down in Texas in 2016. Uh, the law was from like 2013, but it was like blocked from 2013 until the Supreme Court struck it down in 2016. Why do you think Roberts joined the liberals on this? Well, Aaron, I'm going to say that I think it's because of what you and I were texting about the other day and that he, he doesn't want the disintegration and erosion of Roe v. Wade to be his legacy. Yeah. I mean, it's already Citizens United. Hard to beat that one. <laughs> I don't know. This could top it. This could top it. Here was what I was thinking about Roberts, though. You know, I was listening to some more analysis on the Supreme Court because that's what I do in my free time because I'm lots of because <laughs> I'm lots of fun. Um, and somebody made a point. I think it was Adam Liptak, who is a writer for uh, I think is it the Times or the New Yorker, one of the New York places that I am supposed to read if you're a smart person. But he was saying that he thinks Roberts is just not comfortable. Uh, immediately just opening fire on Roe. You know, he wants to kind of ease into it and very incrementally erode at it. So while he is the chief justice, he might we might see it kind of slowly go away in effect. Oh. Um, I want to jump back to Kavanaugh's dissent, though, because it was really weird. The law required in Louisiana, the law would have required doctors to have admitting privileges at local hospitals, which is not really necessary because abortion is uh, one of the safest medical procedures that a person can have. And uh, within 30 miles, a lot of rural places in Louisiana are not in within 30 miles of a hospital. And if a hospital is Catholic, it's not going to give admitting privileges to an abortion doctor, and Catholic hospitals are pretty common. So Kavanaugh said that what he thought they should do is just let the law go into effect and see if the hospitals would give them admitting privileges, just see if it would work, which is like, it's what? <laughs> Okay, so I had to read it. You know, sometimes I wonder about my reading comprehension. Has like it been eroded through the years by wearing bad glasses? Well, that's probably it. Prescription, probably the bad and glasses, smoking, <laughs> right? And smoking pot. But so I read it a couple times, and I was like, wait a minute. This is like he was kind of like. It's almost like does he want them to have some sort of like 
like punch card to show how many times they tried or how it didn't work. Like it just, it was, it was kind of loony. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It seems kind of like, um, you know, have you ever tried to like wrestle a dog? Just like play wrestle a dog and you pretend um, you pretend like, oh, you're real strong dog. Like, oh, you're, yeah. You're, yeah. I do it to my cat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, no, you're getting me. Ah, I feel I feel like that's what a lot of conservatives are with like Roe. They're like, oh, I'm taking it on. I'm fighting it. Oh, look how hard I'm fighting it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And then they don't really want to get it. Because once they get it, then they're the dog that caught the car, you know, not to mix metaphors about dogs. But, you know, it's like they they need it as a way to fire people up and to get people to open their wallets. And once Roe is totally gone, then, like, how do they get those people fired up and, and paying them money? Exactly. It's like not to pivot, but exactly what Donald Trump did at his rally the other night. Yes. Why don't why don't do you want to describe it? Because I'm about to black out with rage. Okay, so first it was very embarrassing because I watched it on the train. I was coming home from a dinner in the city, back upstate, and the person sitting across from me legit thought I was watching it because I was like MAGA. Oh my <laughs> and God. And so I kept making like these guttural sighs and hissing noises to like prove <laughs> that I was really only watching it to like, you know, edify myself. And so. He basically went on another one of his circuitous, you know, red meat throwing, incomprehensible tirades. But he took, you know how he always says when he's talking about immigration that they, that the bad guys take their like Mad Max vehicle over the border <laughs> and they hang a right? Well, on this speech, he like took a left because he went to babies being executed. And of all the insane race baiting bigoted shit he said during that like hour and 10 minute speech, it was terrifying to see how that got the largest applause. Like people who were nearly nodding off were standing up like like throwing confetti and like putting reporters in like half Nelsons. It was it was terrifying because he has realized that like. He's going to have to give on the wall, right? And yeah. so the thing we all need to be terrified about is that this is his new, th I think this is his new thing. We must, we must build, a, build a wall between women and their doctors. We must build a wall we, so that women can't wall. access. It's a wall between women and their uterus. <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to build a wall there. I mean, it's spanks are bad enough. We don't need a wall. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, you know, the speech is just completely full of lies. And also, uh, just to reiterate what we were talking about last week, uh, ever since Roe, ever since 1973, the law has allowed women to have abortions for any reason up to the point of uh viability, which is around 24 mm -hmm. weeks. And after viability, there are reasons that a woman can still get an abortion. Uh, and those reasons include like endangerment to the health of the mother. And I believe like life threatening fetal abnormalities is another one. Right. And so there's no situation in which a person would go to a doctor at 40 weeks pregnant and be like, you know what? Kill it. Changed my mind. Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah. No, Whoop it's like, it's, it is. It ascribes such like just the way that he and his and like his his BFF Mike Pence talk about this shit. It just it implies that they think women are just the stupidest, most evil like creatures known to man. And like the fact you can be pro-life, 
be pro-life. I don't care. But, but to think that the women who make that choice are so stupid and evil, like it's just Republican women should be offended by this. Pro-life women should be offended by the way they talk about women. The Trump rally was insane. And I, and I think that they're going to keep trying to harp on this going into 2020. Well, this has the fingerprints of Stephen Miller all over it. You know how he loves this oily. shit. I bet they're oily. I bet they're so oily. I bet oily. they are oily. Ugh. Dirty. Ew. I don't want, well, I don't want to end on that note, but I think we're going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can end on wishing everyone a happy Valentine's Day, however they choose to celebrate yeah, or with discount, or without doily. Or discount candy day, or cutting things out of paper day, or exchanging those postcard stamp type Bugs Bunny cartoon things day whatever do what you do what all right girl do. all right well I will talk to you next week Alyssa and uh, I will miss you until then bye bye hysteria is brought to you by Viore tired of boring workout gear check out Viore Viore's versatile and comfy products are designed to look great in and outside the gym whether you're running training or even just lying on your couch enjoying the fact that your two-year-old child is leaving you alone for five blessed minutes I love or, that for Viore is that, you know what that seems like a real perk of Viore <laughs> it is it's perfect it's cut perfectly for lying down and just savoring a moment to be left alone it's great. <laughs> <laughs> five the, stars no comment 100% great that's the type that's my favorite sport the new the women's performance jogger is the softest jogger you'll ever own grab one of these new colors before they sell out and check out the women's daily legging which features a high waist drawstring tie and upgraded no slip fit all things that are absolutely essential in a legging essential uh, I love these leggings they are because you know like not everybody's the same you know so mm-hmm. it's like I need a little bit more room around my booty so I size up a little bit but then it's usually too big in my waist and so now I just just pull that drawstring and I don't show I don't show any crack when I bend over (laughs) congratulations thank you so much (laughs) thank you so much see you have your baby and I have my butt crack (laughs) (laughs) for guys there's the men's core short the most comfy lined athletic short out there and the men's Sunday performance jogger oh my gosh Alyssa my brother who I have given Viore performance gear to won an ultra marathon over the holidays. I saw that. That is so incredible. He ran 80 miles in the freezing cold. I don't think he was wearing his Viore core shorts because that would be dangerous. Dangerous. But, but he he loves wearing them to train, and uh, I'm so proud of him. I'm so pr- Viore played a role in his ultra marathon win. <laughs> Uh, plus, Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint and reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 onwards. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Did you know that women make up 56% of law students? That's grounds for bragging rights at the dinner table for your conservative uncle who still thinks women belong in the kitchen. It's clear that the future of the legal field is female. So why are so many legal podcasts and reviews authored by men? Hi, I'm Leah Littman. I'm Kate Shaw. And with Melissa Murray, we are the hosts of Strict Scrutiny. Each week, we break down the latest headlines and biggest legal questions facing our country through the lens of diverse voices to give you expert views you won't hear anywhere else. 
Strict Scrutiny is your guide to the Supreme Court. New episodes drop every Monday, plus bonuses whenever the Supreme Court takes away another one of our rights. Make sure to subscribe to Strict Scrutiny wherever you get your podcasts. Beyonce, Katanji Brown Jackson, the lady who spent 500 days in a cave. Women are all around us. And this Women's History Month, the Crooked Store is celebrating with a pop-up shop featuring favorites from women of color founded companies. For a limited time, the She Commerce pop-up shop has everything from delicious goodies to kids books to candles, all from small companies that we love. It is a great way to support women of color while treating a woman in your own life. Maybe that's yourself to a sweet distraction from the endless horrors that we face every single day. Happy Women's History Month to all. Check out what's in stock at crooked.com slash store for this month only. And welcome back to More Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan, and uh, I am thrilled to introduce two new members of the squad today and one old member of the squad, but we'll start with the new members of the squad. First, we have Tian Tran, comedian, writer, and cat owner. Tian, Hi. how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm great. How, uh, how are you celebrating Valentine's Day? Oh, I'm probably going to be by my... I mean, my girlfriend lives, as you know, in Far the away. East Coast, so probably just like a long FaceTime date. Doesn't that sound nice? No, that's, that's nice. Cute. Yeah. Are you gonna wear like headbands with little hearts on springs coming <laughs> off of them? I feel like for Valentine's Day you should. I should. I should do that. We actually don't really celebrate Valentine's Day. I mean, because every day. No, just kidding. <laughs> because every day is Valentine's Day. Um, yeah, I, I think. We, yeah, just a Facetime. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, next, we have comedian, writer, well, funny writer, and cat owner Dana Schwartz. Hey. Hi, Dana. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> How are you celebrating Valentine's Day? I'm going to Disneyland. <gasps> really? Which is just, it's like my indulging my inner child. I'm like, this is a silly holiday, but that is exactly what I want to do. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That's way better yeah. than Wait, Are you going by yourself? No. No. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> so, I kind of wish I was now just for like the, to, to let that moment land. I think yeah. people would think you were going through something. Uh, if yeah. you were just a woman alone yes. at Disneyland. <laughs> on crying alone day. on Splash Mountain. like, oh, she lived. She's, uh, she's here to steal a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the tears on Splash Mountain splashing so no one sees how wet my face is. It seems like you've thought this through. Yeah, no. I, it turns out you realize that I am going alone. <laughs> I'm very beautiful minding this. And uh, finally, Hysteria veteran. The old the one. The old so. one. Comedian and catless writer, Megan Gailey. No cat. No cat. The only one here that doesn't have a cat. Proud to be. <laughs> Megan doesn't like At cats. me, I don't care. How are you uh, celebrating your first Valentine's Day as an affianced woman? Wow. First and last. For, uh, for on, This is my only, only engaged. Uh, we are going to dinner tonight. This is the 13th. I'm sorry to bust the hysteria bubble that we recorded a day early. Um, because CJ is leaving to go to the All-Star Game. What? Yeah. Wait, which sport? NBA. Oh, okay. I was hoping it was dog running. <laughs> no. Oh, the dog all-star. So thing. he'll be celebrating the all-star. He'll be celebrating Valentine's Day with LeBron. 
That act, that sounds awesome. That does for sound him. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and for Megan, him. I wanted to bring something up, something mm. very pressing and important. I saw on your Instagram this week uh-huh. because it's the way we all keep up with each other nowadays. It, it's really, just, we DM. We do. We DM. Non-sexual DMs going frequently. back and forth. I think it's actually like a sweet and pure form of communication. I DM with a ton of people, and none of it is sexual. Mm-hmm. It's always like cool trip or like, like wow, wow, yeah. was that good? Yeah. Where is that? Yum. Yeah. It's all positivity. Where is, yeah, how did you find that? It's vegan? Oh. Huh. Well, <laughs> I'd give it a try. You know, but even though in real life I'd be like, it's vegan. On Instagram, it's vegan? But this was not one of those stories. No, 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 no. Nothing about this is vegan or natural. Uh, you had a special guest at a comedy show, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Not invited by me. Okay. You want to talk about it? Um. Yeah. I mean, it was a really... I do have to put in content. Well, no, I won't. I'll save it. The day had already been wild. And so I went to do a show in Manhattan Beach at Ponchos. I don't think they would mind me saying. And it's a show. <laughs> I, do, I mean, it's actually really fun. Also, they have the best matches in Southern California. Ooh, I'm a match tourist. I'm, I'm going to go. I also am. What I, made them so good? Yeah. They just really get poop out of the air. <laughs> like, oh, they great. are like yes. good ass. Like, they're really, but they're also like, the box is cute. It's got like a, a you is know, a man with strong? a front. The stick is strong. That is always and a the thing And the stick for me. is like thick. Okay, thank you. Um, and <laughs> if you picked up listening to the podcast just at that time, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I walk in with my friend. I had just come from Tom Tom, which is a Vanderpump Rolls restaurant. I had met Tom Schwartz there, who is the namesake. I mean, I'm a buzz. I am feeling good. And then I walk into this, you know, bar space way before the show is, so it's completely empty. And I see this woman, and I'm like, oh my God, it's Tommy Lairn. <laughs> Wait, how did you recognize her? I just immediately, because the thing is, when you see her in person, you're like, that's a look that like a lot of people have. Like, it's yeah. just like blonde, nondescript. Yeah. Um, but I just, everything about the aura, I could tell. Like, I was like, it's her. I know it's her. And so she was like. Was she lost? She was sitting with a man who I can only describe as like a dishonorably discharged Marine. Like, it was just like a jarhead, but something had gone amiss. Um, and they were canoodling in a way and she was facing the stage but I'm like she must not know there's no one else here yet Mm. and then like as people started to come their group just like grew and grew and grew and by the start their group grew yeah they had like 12 people and it was fun because like I knew like eight other comics on the show which doesn't usually happen and people kept coming in and they were like is that because at this point we were like we looked up our Wikipedia and she like lives over here um, as in the the west coast West Socialist Coast. hell. Oh, yeah. California. But I think she lives in Manhattan Beach, which is like writer. You Still, know, it's a little purpler. She's so brave. Yeah. She's so <laughs> brave. Um, but she had Instagrammed being at the restaurant. Oh, and we were like, oh, shit. Um, and so I kept like analyzing the group with her. Like, it definitely, they weren't great. You know, like it was yeah. like. Yeah, I were they dressed s- in red, white, and blue? No, they were dressed like they were dressed like outlet mall, <sighs> um, which is red, white, and blue. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're talking like yeah, shitty coach bags. So did, so. did, did Tommy Lauren laugh? <sighs> it was tough. I was the only woman on the show, I believe, and so and I'm the craziest too. And they were like, if anybody's gonna do it, Megan's gonna fucking like destroy her. <laughs> 
I had just bought my wedding dress. Like, I had bought my wedding dress, gone to TomTom, Tom, then gone to the show. You were at your peak what of self yeah. And I was like, I don't want to fight with this bitch. No. Like, I just bought a Vera. I don't want to go through this with her. And so I just made sure I did jokes that was like, I, you know I don't like you. Yeah. Um, I have a joke about having Fox News haircut. <laughs> um, I have a joke about how people hate white women. You know, like... Rightfully so. Um, and so I did all of that. And she scowled. I would say 90% of scowling. And then there was something I did that was like very silly. And she laughed at. And I wanted to be like, that's not for you. You know, like <laughs> it was so hard to be like. And I was also introduced as the feminist on the show. Oh, and so when oh, I wow. got up there, her face was upset. But it's tough for her because it's like, I look so hot you know like <laughs> she wants to be like if you're hot you love guns and trump and it's like no bitch this is what feminism looks like now <laughs> i'm in fucking head to toe i look better than you and i think she has extensions she and, does. oh i know she has she, extensions. yeah and yes. she also we're also we're at a mexican restaurant get the fuck out of here I don't know why she would be at a comedy show. That yeah, was it's crazy. really weird. She doesn't seem like the type that likes jokes or laughter. No, or joy. and was there Smiling. for the show. I left before she did. That's crazy. Mm. Well, you know, Mazel Tov. I let you guys down. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I just. I, I, what would be the best case? There would like what would come of that if you had said something to her? You know, like yeah. Being hot and having a Vera is the best revenge. I think, I so, think too. so too. Yeah. Thank you guys. <laughs> I do wish I would have been like you're a dumb cunt, but. I think I'll see her again. Yeah. <laughs> now, and then I'll be prepared. She'll be around, I'm sure. <laughs> you just got to, you know, that was your warm up Tommy Lauren experience. And from you know. Tom Tom to Tommy. I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we have to pivot from uh, Megan's great relationship to Jeff Bezos's disintegrating relationship. Uh, Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon and owner of the Washington Post and mega bajillionaire is in the midst of a divorce that was announced publicly after the National Enquirer ran a story about him having an affair back in January. Uh, it turns out that the affair story was obtained by the National Enquirer via salacious text messages that Jeff Bezos was ex exchanging with his mistress, mm -hmm. Lauren Sanchez. Mm -hmm. Lauren Sanchez's brother, Michael Sanchez, is a longtime Trump associate, and he somehow was the one that made the connection between American media and, I know, oh, it's a no. tangled web. Oh, God. So it's like, I'm opening up a garage door, and oh it's like God. season one of True Detective, wow. Russ Cole, and I'm like, Michael Sanchez, this, this, this. Yeah, but it's like, he also had to get a dick pic that was sent to his sister. sister. And probably... His sister responded to those yeah. text messages. Yeah. Well, so here's what I here's what I was thinking. This is I don't want I don't I, I not today Satan <laughs> when it comes to Jeff Bezos's dick. He wrote a medium post about it mm -hmm. to try to interfere with AMI's attempt to extort him into saying certain things about the Inquirer investigation not being politically motivated. And Bezos was like, "Nope. Here's what happened. Here are the emails." I'm a bajillionaire. You guys are fucked. But still, at the end of all of this, even though Bezos might have the upper hand in AMI, he still is getting a divorce, and he still had no prenup, and the divorce is still going to... He's like, I think got, got $130 billion in assets. No prenup. They're going to have to split that. My question is, when I when I first heard this story, I was like, I wonder if, if the affair was what led to his breakup. Were those text messages worth it? Could a sext ever possibly be worth... $50 billion. But, like, can I point out, it's like, you know how it's hard to picture numbers being big? Like, 
does it matter whether you have 50 billion or 100 billion dollars? Right. Like, does yeah. that actually make a difference in your life? I think to us it doesn't for sure. If someone gave me 50 dollars, I'd be like day is done and retiring. But <laughs> he this is like a man who's like maniacal and made people wear diapers so he could make an ex. So I think like money is so important to him. Um, but I think his dick is too. But it's you know, like, it's tricky. It's yeah. like infinity and infinity plus one. Like yeah. it's both infinity. Like right. Who cares? Having fifty billion dollars is more than enough. I'm so happy she's getting some money. You know, like I feel like this is like a great story. Maybe she's terrible too. But I'm like, get it, girl. You know. <laughs> but also, he'll make that back. It's like it's yeah. not like he he's okay. Yes, his like assets are gonna get cut in half. But then like. He'll make it back tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Well, I was thinking about you, Dana, when I was reading this story. Oh, thank you. Wow. Um, <laughs> an because, honor. Not, not only because you just made that incredible uh, reasons why Belle should have chosen guest on, <laughs> but also because I feel like you would have opinions on, not that it's any way Jeff Bezos' fault that he's getting extorted, because regardless, it's like bad for a person to be extorted. Even though Jeff Bezos may be a bad person in many ways, he shouldn't be extorted. Um not for this reason, not by AMI. Um, but, you know, you'd, you'd think that there maybe were some rules that he could have followed when sending a dick pic. And I just was wondering what you think the rules are. As the, like, you're, I guess you're the youngest person at this table. Yeah. So you have, like, the most, you know, you know technology and, and what the etiquette should be around it. So. <laughs> I think I'm, like, when it comes to dick pics and, like, like sex tech, like, I'm very young and dumb. Like, I genuinely think, like, it's fine to send solicited dick pics. Yeah. But, like mutually desirable dick pics. And I think if, if everyone just had an attitude like it's not that bad of a thing to do, then then it's like mutually assured destruction and no one can be extorted. Like Jeff Bezos, tons of problems with him as a person. No one should be extorted. I think he did the right thing by being like, yeah. this is what they yeah. said. Here's the deal. Yeah. No one should be ashamed of their of their uh, dick pics. Yeah, I agree. I think we should need we should have like a the purge style holiday where everybody just releases the nudes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Also, we're we, only sending pictures that we think we look awesome yeah, in. You know, yeah. I'm like, get these to the public. <laughs> I have a app today. Let's fucking get it in the National Enquirer. <laughs> my boobs will never look better than they do right now at 26. Yeah. So uh, like, get in my cloud. Me if you have yeah, to. and I work very hard for those. I like try to get in a good light, set up my camera. Like I do a full spread. Yeah. It's not a, wow. I don't send a quick, no, I don't send like a quick pick. I like think about my pics. Yeah. This is why this You're is why you I'm doing a classy like I'm doing my own photography class. This FaceTime has a new meaning to it now. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do some boob time, some boob time. Going to do some tit time and <laughs> I like that the AMI dude is his name is Mr. Pecker. It's just like it's so it's perfect. Too, it's too it's too Ugh. perfect. I was also thinking as we were, you know, as we're, as I was thinking about the the Bezos thing and and like the digitalization of love and relationships. Uh, I was reminded of this article that the Atlantic ran a couple months ago called "The Sex Recession," and it was a cover story. And uh, basically, it the point is that despite the fact that sex is everywhere and you can just kind of Whatever, you take two seconds right now on my computer and I could find like the weirdest sex thing possible. Not that I have, but I could. And um, But despite all of this, and despite the fact that it's like part of discussions, it's part of TV shows and movies, whatever, people are having, young people specifically, are having less sex than ever. Like they're not getting pregnant. The abortion rate is really low. Uh, some of them are on birth control, but really they're just not doing it because a lot of it is just they can get whatever they want, you know, on demand. And... Um, I just I was wondering if you think that that's cause for alarm, Tian. 
I'll put you on the spot. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, you're asking someone who was, like, wait, saving themselves till marriage for a very long time. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I, I don't think it's cause for alarm. I think, I think that the fact that there's, like, more information out there, and I think a lot of the, like, thought, not, maybe it's not completely thoughtfulness, but, like, you know, waiting and, like, thoughtfulness around sex and, like, the l- lower pregnancy rates is because there's more information and more kind of sex-positive information out there. So to me, I'm like, this is not a, a cause for alarm because when I was younger, I was making a lot of stupid decisions that I wish I had kind of had more access to information that would have changed some of those decisions for me. Mm-hmm. But like less than like more information. I feel like there's just more things to do yeah. in the world. Like there are so many shows on Netflix where in like the sixties your options for entertainment if you were a teenager without a car was like read Catcher in the Rye, like stare at a cow or have sex just because you're bored. <laughs> and now you can be like I will watch every movie ever mm-hmm. made. Yeah. I think they're the one shred of cause for concern, I think there are demographics of the public that consume porn um, in a way that is unhealthy. And I mean, I, I haven't done a study on this, but I've talked to friends of mine and they're like, yeah, my husband was a porn addict and made me do weird stuff or we stopped having sex or he wasn't able to come because I wasn't in like a leather choker or I wasn't having cum shots on my face. Like, I do think that yeah. that has changed a lot of the way people have sex. I mean, I've had sex with men before that I'm like, oh, he fucked me like I was a blow-up doll. You know, Mm -hmm. like, he didn't even realize he was, like, connecting with another person. Mm -hmm. And I think that may be, this may be a symptom of what that is. Yeah, I I agree. I think that people are exposed to so many different types of sex that they think that a lot of things are on the menu that they should not assume are on the menu. And this is just, like, an observation that I've I had when I was uh, kind of like dating around, but I found that like men who were born after like 86 or so tended to like expect things. I was like, whoa, dude, no, 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 no. That is not something. And I realized that like- You talking th- anal? I'm talking, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm talking butt stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Choking, I, anal. I think that if you're uh, listening with your kids, it is too late. <laughs> Sorry, kids. We're, talk- we're talking about butts. Um, I found that, you know, it was, you know, they were all, they were mostly, for the most part, like respectful. If I was like, whoa, hey, dude, you can't, you don't go from that thing. You don't go from like first base to like eighth base. Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? And I think it's because those people uh, would have been around like 12 when internet was everywhere. Mm -hmm. And those guys would have just grown up being like, oh, this is what, this is how Mm -hmm. you're supposed to have sex. And I think that there's not really a lot of like education when it comes to like how men think that they're supposed to fuck like porn stars too which is like awful but I think that if you're like a young man and you don't know any better like that's what you think you're supposed to happen and the unfortunate thing is like sex is something that's so biological that like if they've only gotten off to these extreme Mm -hmm. shots uh, that that raises the bar. Yeah, and another thing uh, that that this Atlantic piece blamed on young people having less like sex sex is because of like hookup culture, which is a common boogeyman. Um, but hookup culture, I hate I hate teen sex panic. I hate people being like, oh, the teens they're doing sex. Oh yeah, the like wrong the way. rainbow party. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. I, I think it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous. But you know, by the same token, if you're not in a monogamous relationship, if you're just kind of hooking up when it comes to you, uh, you're not going to have as many experiences and you might not go into 
go into an experience like as confident because you haven't had enough like practice as like weird as that sound and people are hooking up and not according to the article people are hooking up and not dating because they're more focused on their academic and career success than relationships which seems fine to yeah me. i think yeah. that's fine too i also when like the experience and practice of it i was growing up like very frustrated with like thinking that i needed to be good at sex the first time i did it which is like how can like it's it's a thing that you kind of have to learn and like mm-hmm. figure out and like talk to whoever you're sleeping with and like cuz you know lesbian sex has very bad portrayals on media What? Yes. Um it's a lot of either like as you know in porn maybe um gross bad sex or in movies, it's like soft, tender, long forehead touches yeah. <laughs> for way too long. And you're like, okay, well, what are they going to do now? Yeah. Is it, do we just touch foreheads this whole time? You're like Navi. Navi. Like <laughs> so I, the, the idea of like practice and like talking about it and like learning more, like I, I wish there was more of that too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's difficult to... I mean, I, I also think that, like, you know, sometimes people assume they get, like, performance anxiety mm-hmm. around, like, the act of being intimate with somebody that they really care about. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's it's so vulnerable. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. if you the more you care about somebody, the more vulnerable an experience it is. Oh, Dana's putting her hand like, on that's her. that's so sweet. Well, yeah, I would so much rather have nervous sex than, like, pound, 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 you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, be nervous. Go to the bathroom and talk to yourself, <laughs> you know? Like, I love that. Yeah. I love when a man's like, I'll be right back. I'm like, good. <laughs> Well, I also think, you know, just kind of the nature of dating now, though, puts people in situations where they feel like they immediately have to perform the best possible version of themselves. Like Tinder, Instagram, Bumble, like all of the dating apps, like you get to select. It's not like, you know, like before in the old days when you saw somebody in real life, you approached them in real life. You knew how they looked in real life. You talked to them in real life. And based on a real life interaction, you decided whether or not you wanted to see them again. Now... What you do is you curate a version of yourself that you want people to react to. And then when you meet in real life, there's always there's going to be a gap in between what that curated version is and what you really are. Like there's something that you didn't show in photos, you know, and I feel like that um, that really makes people kind of freak out a little more. And, and it's it kind of is an enemy of intimacy, even though I met my boyfriend on an app. It like it's I still think that like in the mo- in most cases you meet somebody and there's always like. A, a mutual disappointment at the first moment that you meet. Oh, because yeah. you've already built up all these expectations based on their right. Profile. I mean, in most cases, I I'm gonna go ahead and say that my BF was like, I was like, oh my god, he's so cute. Like as soon as I met him, but the almost every other date that I went on from like an app, when I met them, I was like, oh yeah, but <laughs> they were like, well, <laughs> <laughs> I think to say mutual disappointment is really selling yourself short. <laughs> I think usually it's one person being like, okay, and another person being like, oh. Oh, you did not tell me. It's how, yeah, men are always like, this is how tall I am. Don't ask. It's like, listen, let us have one thing we care about. I have met like a bunch of people on Twitter, and that's what terrifies me is because I'm like, okay, Twitter is a very curated version of me where there's one picture, and it's like me very cute. And also I'm like, it's my funniest thoughts. And so I'm like, okay, someone's going to meet me in person and realize like I am just objectively less cute than the most cute angle of myself. And also, the I, most of the things I say are very dumb. <laughs> <laughs> have, mean, you had, have you had successful dates from Twitter? I've had most 
like two out of three of my serious boyfriends from Twitter. But don't you think that maybe there's something to like, it, it, you know, Twitter is, you know, your funny thoughts, but it is like the psyche and how you look at the world. I think it's better than like Tinder yeah. or like Bumble because at least it's like a longer sample size yeah. and like a bigger sample size of my personality. So if someone like likes me and is into me on Twitter, it's a higher percentage they'll be into me as if rather than just like me being like INTJ Pam looking for my gym yeah <laughs> you you knew CJ in Chicago I right? knew CJ for eight years okay. so like we had eight years of friendship and knowing the worst things about each other and I mean, he doesn't really have any bad things but I had like lots of bad things about me um, and then you know we blacked out and had sex and that was sort of like <laughs> and, but you know and so we had like a hookup culture but we just had eight years of history before yeah. it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's like a very old-fashioned way. Yeah, that, that feels very old-fashioned. It's so old-fashioned. You're so old-fashioned. <laughs> Megan over here fanning herself with a lace fan. <laughs> so old-fashioned. I just got drunk and <laughs> consent. <laughs> um, but, you know, kind of going back to the sex recession, another thing that I think is behind uh, kind of people having less sex is that pregnancy is not something that's as on the table for young people as it was in generations past and that's partly because capitalism has ground us all down into worker bee nubs that like are incapable of achieving financial stability for ourselves much less for a family um but so women are having babies at an older age than ever i think it's like the average age for a first baby is 27 which to me it's if one of my so young yeah <laughs> is really 27 yeah. is like the new team. I yeah. would have to get pregnant now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. I'd well, have to get pregnant right. in yeah. the past. <laughs> you gotta get go. <laughs> but I mean, I think that the the finances of it all is another another reason that people are like, eh, is it even worth it? Like, would it be worth it to, you know, how expensive would it be to have a baby? Do I need to think about like elementary schools? And Megan, I wonder if that. I mean, not to put you on the so, spot, but no. is that something that you guys talk about? I mean, we think about it a lot. I. It's a struggle between us two because CJ would definitely like to have more children than I would. And I think mine is a practical sense of like, we don't, I, we won't, we need to be financially in a certain place mm -hmm. for me to have one. I also, I don't have a maternity leave, you know, like right. I'm a freelancer till the day I die. Mm -hmm. And so like there's, I, I will take hits on professionally that like I can't sue anybody about. Mm -hmm. And I, I just... I don't know. I, I'm a I'm in a looks based thing too. Like there's so many things where I'm like I've signed on for one, but there's also so many children in the world like that need homes. Mm -hmm. But then people are like, well, it's complicated to have a biological kid and then have an adopted kid. And I'm like, there's all these things. I have factors of friends that are like, I've just recently realized I don't want to have kids, and it's I'm in a relationship, and we always thought we did, and now we're struggling with that. Like I think women now realize there's more options, mm -hmm. and it's not just like okay, we're gonna have three kids and I'll stop working and you'll keep working. Like, right. there's a lot of different variables of things that can happen. And right. in a lot of ways, we're taking it back mm -hmm. as we should because we're the conduit of it. Right. And I think that may be why there is a, a drop and a, and a raise in age. Right. And, and that kind of goes back to something you said, Tian, about how people have more information now. Yeah. People have more information about what sex is, what sex can look like, 
who is having what it looks like when other people are having sex, what it is to be pregnant, because there's entire like if you ever want to scare yourself, just go ahead on like pregnancy forums where it's just oh, people yeah. like one upping each other. Like when we were yeah. at Jezebel, sometimes we would have we would cover stuff like this. And it's like people one upping each other with like horror stories of like what it can do to your body. And this isn't to denigrate mothers and women who have made the choice to become mothers, because like, thank God, because otherwise none of us would exist. <laughs> but, you know, there, there are things that happen to a person that maybe a generation ago wasn't just like common knowledge. And now it's just like we all know what can happen. Yeah, it's like it's if uh, if you just had to sort of like understand that it hurts a little bit. If a doctor was like, it'll just twinge a bit, you just had to believe them. And now we know how much it hurts. Mm -hmm. We know how much it hurts, what can go wrong, all the things you that have happen. You have to cut to your butthole. Yeah. yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. yeah. What's happened to our friends? I mean, like Ali Wong's comedy, I think, is really groundbreaking mm -hmm. and honest and, and great about being a mother because she's made the choice to have two children and is also super honest about what the experience has been like for her as like a woman and a mother and as a person who like you were talking about Megan like cares about the way that she looks and didn't mm -hmm, want to what yeah. didn't want to sacrifice that but but did and now she has mixed feelings and I think that that's like a really interesting topic too I think we could probably talk about motherhood as like a as an one of the possible outcomes of sex for an entire show probably but we have to wrap up this conversation about whether sex is worth it or not um i'm gonna go around and ask you guys if you think it is tian do you think sex is worth it yes i do okay dana <laughs> yes yeah i think good sex is worth it but there's definitely some sex i would take back <laughs> yeah i think i think i would have to agree I even though like logically it's just like yeah but you can die and blah blah blah, blah. it's like yeah but it's fun <laughs> like, if, if you're dying having sex, wow. I mean, like, what the, a way the, to go. No, out. I know, I know. I have an IUD and I would blurb that from the headlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would hire a skywriter. I have an IUD and I'm very happy. Same. Are wow. you the only one without an IUD? I'm not. Because our sex doesn't make a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. We keep trying, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> Gotta pray harder. Damn it. Okay, you're actually, you're right. <laughs> just pray a little harder. Pray the gay baby into my life. <laughs> the gayby? The gayby into my life. All right, Tian, Dana, and Megan, thank you guys so much. We got to take a break, but when we come back, the hills we will die on. The Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's Stay Out of My Swamp for Florida, Stay Out of My Hole for Arizona, Stay Out of My Prickly Pear for Texas, and Stay Out of My Strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F-Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com slash store to shop. It's 2024. We're facing another presidential election with huge stakes. You want to help. You don't know where your money will actually make a difference or how to figure that out. Ensure you love to take an edible and not think about it, but you can't because you do care. Let Vote Save America make it easy for you with their new anxiety relief program. Here's how it works. 
You set up a monthly recurring donation at the level that feels right for you, and Vote Save America will send 100% of it to the grassroots organizations and down-ballot races that need it most. Then, at the end of the month, they'll tell you where your dollars went. That's it. Set it and forget it. Vote Save America has already raised $52,000 in monthly recurring donations. Love it. That's great. From over 1,000 amazing, sustaining donors who've signed up and trusted Vote Save America to make their dollar go further. But we still have a long way to go, and Vote Save America needs your help to get there. Sign up at votesaveamerica.com and enjoy your edible. <laughs> Legal disclaimer, paid for by Vote Save America, votesaveamerica.com, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Did you know that women make up 56% of law students? That's grounds for bragging rights at a dinner table for your conservative uncle who still thinks women belong in the kitchen. It's clear that the future of the legal field is female. So why are so many legal podcasts and reviews authored by men? Hi, I'm Leah Littman. I'm Kate Shaw. And with Melissa Murray, we are the hosts of Strict Scrutiny. Each week, we break down the latest headlines and biggest legal questions facing our country through the lens of diverse voices to give you expert views you won't hear anywhere else. Strict Scrutiny is your guide to the Supreme Court. New episodes drop every Monday, plus bonuses whenever the Supreme Court takes away another one of our rights. Make sure to subscribe to Strict Scrutiny wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with more Hysteria and the Hills. We will die on first. Let's do our Listener Hill this week. Hi, ladies of Hysteria. My name's Elena from New Jersey. And the hill I will die on is that bumper stickers are trash. (laughs) People pay big money for these cars that they drive, and then they put a shitty little sticker on the back. I saw a person driving around with 30 stickers of breweries they (laughs) may or may not have visited. And all I could think when I saw the driver was, you must be a man child. (laughs) Um, And to all parents with kids who have made honor roll, that's not that impressive. You pretty much <laughs> need bees to make honor roll. So I think all people should stop being trash humans and putting shitty little stickers on the backs of their cars. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love a good bumper sticker. There's a van that I walk by that's just forever been parked in Silver Lake. The sticker says, I ran out of sick days, so I called in dead. Which the van has been sitting there for like months. Oh no! He, it's oh. a cry for help. He yeah. might actually have dead in oh It was an, it's an informative bumper sticker in that case. I used to have an Indianapolis Colts bumper sticker, and I embraced that it was trash. But I was like, I want everybody to know that I'm trash. Like, uh, <laughs> this is the type of trash I identify as. My parents did bumper sticker, did like window stickers for all of our colleges. Um, oh, yeah, my sweet. parents did, too. Yeah, my parents did, too. I think as a rule, though, you should only be allowed to have an actual bumper sticker if you look like Ben and or Jerry. The ice cream <laughs> yeah, you have to have, like, a hatchback yeah. in order to have. And the hatchback gives you more room for the bumper sticker. <laughs> more you, real estate. Do you remember the show Ghost Rider? Yeah. Okay. You know I remember. I know, this. I know, yeah. you know. My sister was on it. Wow. And my my we had like a really hilarious conversion van when I was growing up and on the back wheel my dad like printed the show and the times that it was on. Oh my- oh! 
So we were driving around with a, a ghostwriter ad I mean, that's van. that's a billboard. Yeah, it was yeah. a billboard, an unpaid billboard all throughout Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah, was Ghostwriter shot in Erie? Well, we lived outside of Philly for a while oh, okay. and I'm like, commuted to New York. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was shot. I think it took place in Fort Greene. It did. Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Ghostwriter super fan. And when I found that out about your sister, I was like, what? <laughs> that's crazy. But I think that's a cool bumper oh, that's sticker, right? Yeah. That's you great. know, proud family. The exceptions yeah. now are the hippie exception yeah. and the proud parent exception. Yes. Yeah, unless unless for honor roll, because I agree that it isn't that impressive. <laughs> I No. A's are, I don't care. That's that's going to be my attitude if I have a child to grind to dust at any point in, in my life. Yeah. Wow. I also don't like the half marathon stickers there. I said it. Oh, oh. no. 100%. 13.1. You got to do the whole thing or don't celebrate it. Yeah. I yeah. hate the stick stick figure family yeah. ones. Yeah. I saw one yesterday of, of the full back window, window of a van full. like. Full. Of kids. Was it a clown car? I, I don't know, but it was like t- at least like 15. And some of them were animals. I couldn't tell. <laughs> oh. I couldn't tell. None of them were animals. They were None all people. They were all people? They were all people. And I was like, is this the whole? F- no, is this no, no. Nieces and nephews? That's, or is this, that's too much. Is, is this everyone? That's too much. Okay, well, let's let's get to our hills. Megan, do you want to go first with the hill you'll die on this yes. week? So I have a Valentine's Day um, <gasps> hill uh, that I've recently come to realize since I've been in a committed relationship that I am 100% of the time going to be too full to have sex on Valentine's Day. I think of Valentine's Day as an eating holiday. Like, yeah. we're going, I'm going to have a bolognese tonight. <laughs> like, I'm going to have a bolognese. I'm going to have a dessert. I'm not supposed to be eating any of those things. Like, I'm going to be having a reaction, um, not a sexy time. Um, and so I feel like we have to designate a different day to have our Valentine's sex. And maybe that's the 13th. Maybe that's the 15th. But the 14th, I think we got to be like, we're not doing any sex on that day. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't, I've never been a real Valentine's Day celebrator. Yeah, what's your ideal? My ideal Valentine's Day? Um, I think, you know what my ideal Valentine's Day would be? I think it would be like, we made some plans that I'm like medium excited about, that it starts raining and we're like, we look at each other at the same time and we go, let's not go. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I think, my ideal Valentine's Day. And then you eat. And then, yeah, probably like cook something that takes a really long time, like bolognese. Maybe some bolognese, maybe some venison bolognese. My parents sent us some venison. Oh my god! Yeah, where are your parents? Wisconsin. Did that they hunted? Yeah, did they know? Yeah, my dad. My dad killed it. He killed it, and now it's meat, and it's in a fridge freezer. But yeah, anyway, that would be an ideal Valentine's Day. Eat a thing my dad killed. (laughs) (laughs) Dana, do you want to go with your inaugural hill you'll die on? Yeah, mine is also Valentine's Day. Well, no, I'll just go. Okay, Um, sorry. And mine is that lingerie is a terrible Valentine's Day gift. Wow, okay. (laughs) Okay. Tiana's over here giving snaps. One, okay, for, for several reasons. One, if it's not an eating holiday, then it is a sexy holiday, and you should already be wearing the sexy thing that you want to wear. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to give it on Valentine's Day. It's like, here, this is for a later date of presumed sexiness. But mostly, bras are, like, specific and hard to shop for. Yeah, Men do not know bra sizes. Uh, oh, you're saying men can't give lingerie. Yeah. Because I've given lingerie. Like, I've been like... I'm going to wear this. Oh, that's That's, that's, that's my that's like, shortcut to be like, I forgot to get you something. Yes. No. 
That's the best present is you okay, buy it right. for yourself yeah, and you okay. wear it. Right, That's right. the present. When men give lingerie, no, 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 they're like, no. it's not going to fit right. You don't yeah. know my size. And also, you don't know what's going to, even in the right size, it's not going to work right. So I don't think it's a good gift to give. Yeah. The counterpoint is that the women's gift should be buying it for themselves and wearing it. Agree, agree. And yeah. then you get to keep it. Wow. Yeah, if that's your dynamic, I think that that's a good, that's a good rule of thumb for sure. All right, Tian. I don't think we should celebrate Valentine's Day. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. I just think it's a pointless holiday mm-hmm. created by Hallmark. <laughs> you should be celebrating your love all the time. Beautiful. Yeah. That's the hill I'm going to die on. Valentine's Day should should not be a holiday. That's but, popular. But then when would they sell very cheap chocolates in heart-shaped boxes at CVS? Damn, okay, that's a very good question. We yeah. need a different holiday just for just celebrating have a, chocolate. Just have a candy day. A candy yeah, a day candy where day. all the different holidays of candy get together. It'll be like the magical forest in The Nightmare Before Christmas, where there's the different <laughs> trees that are portals to the different holiday worlds, except with candy. And you can access all of it at once. Uh, <laughs> I, ju- I literally just came up with that on the fly. I, it's not something I've been thinking about. At all. The Hill I Will Die On is Valentine's Day related. It's pretty trivial and it doesn't matter, but I like Valentine's Day specifically because you can find the best candy in the world. And this is a very unpopular favorite kind of candy to have. I understand that you guys are all going to make yucky faces <sighs> at this. Wait. I can't wait. They are gummy hearts, the red gummy hearts, mm-hmm. but cinnamon flavored. No, no, no. And with sugared on the outside. No! Yes. I don't even know that candy. It's not popular because nobody likes it except me. But that is the best kind of candy Wait, I have. I'm so. confused because usually cinnamon candies are not gummy. They're like kind of hard. I need well, a gummy cinnamon candy. I need to sink my teeth into it. Is it like oh. a hot tamale? No. It's like the, t- the texture of an inside of a hot tamale, but just the entire candy is that. And it's heart-shaped. And they're like maybe like... I don't know, like an inch or two across. Yeah, and they're you just, bigger. You can the bite them. The only reason I know that these exist is because I've bitten into one expecting a strawberry, a raspberry, and been very upset. Cinnamon candy, man. I am the last person alive who likes cinnamon-flavored candy, and that is the hill I will die on this week. <gasps> it's good. I don't give a fuck. Couldn't you do a cinnamon-flavored gum, too? I think cinnamon-flavored gum went out of style because cinnamon flavor disguises <laughs> the <style>. disguise. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm a Twin Peaks fan, okay? Uh, I think the, that flavor of gum is no longer in vogue because cinnamon disguises the smell of cigarettes, and everybody used to smoke. And I think that like cinnamon wow. people would chew cinnamon things to like hide the fact that they smelled like ashtray. But that's a whole different. We think it went out because it tastes like garbage. I think. (laughs) Agree to disagree, Megan. I do. I mean, I do like cinnamon flavored, like Fireball. I love. Fireball whiskey. Fireball whiskey. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a candy version. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. It is fun. It's like a shot you can take. But candy, (laughs) I don't know, Aaron. Fireball, Uh, a shot you can take. (laughs) Jan's trying to be so supportive over here. (laughs) Megan is like, get your trash. Get out of here and bring me my fireball martini. (laughs) All right, that's all the time we have for Hysteria this week. Tian, Megan, and Dana, thank you guys so much. Also, thanks to Alyssa Mastermonico, America's soulmate, for joining me to cover the news. If you have a hill that you'll die on, you can send it to us by uh, voice memo at hysteria at crooked.com. That's hysteria at crooked.com. And there will be more hysteria for you next week.